The Perth Football Podcast is proudly brought to you by Macron Store Perth, an industry leader in quality teamwear specialising in grassroots, semi-pro and professional team attire. Visit the Macron Sports Hub Perth Facebook page for more. Thank you to Macron for helping us keep the pod running and for their continuous involvement in community sport. Podcast, Kelichio Sonwa. Uh, we're down here at Hilton Park. We're doing a quick full time whistle, um, a little bit later than usual, but you're going to all get this one for free so you can get a taste and a snippet of what the full time whistle is like. Um, a retaste and snippet for some of you. Some of you might be your first time, but that's okay. Uh, to, to the right of me or in front of me is Tommy Dolman. Tommy, hello. Hello, Kelichi. Good to see you, mate. Terrific call on the game as always. Oh, thank you very much. And to the left of us, we've got a special guest, stat queen extraordinaire herself. We've got Emma Smith from Squared Ball. Emma, how are you? You well? Yeah, we're doing great. Thanks, Kalichi. Thank you so much for joining us. We've just witnessed a cracking contest um, and a, a t- terrific advertisement of the MPLWA, um, MPLWWA. Jesus, that sounds like a website. Um, the MPL WWA with Fremantle City running, well, Fremantle City losing one goal to two to Perth Red Star. Red Star rampant, um, but it was a lot closer than that, wasn't it? So, Tommy, you give us a quick breakdown of the game since you were on comms and saw the entire game. I only saw the second half. Um, and then, Emma, maybe we can have a chat about some of the things that, that was said or, or kind of come out on the stats as well. So, Tommy. Yeah, so... This was a really good game of football. Um, I thought both teams had a lot of chances in the first 45. It was really open. You could see why these two teams are the top two in the MPLWA women's competition based on the attacking opportunities that that each had. Um, I think it was Karis Hawkins that had a header, which was cleared off the line by a combination of Shivani Battaglia and Andrea Teixeira. Laura Waltman then punched one sort of just wide of the post. And then I felt just has the half wore on a little bit more that Red Star started to gain a little bit of control on on things. They started to just settle into the game. Maybe they were a little bit ring rusty, having not played for two weeks, obviously with their postponement last week to NTC. And uh, Fremantle City, of course, having played three games in a week with the cup elimination midweek, they were maybe just that little bit more hard and fit and sharper on the day. Um, Red Star did get a couple of opportunities, though, late in the half. Renee Leota hit the post. She also scored the first goal of the game um, when Danelle Cornish came off her line. Just a little bit hesitant in whether to sort of clear that out completely or whether to wait for the ball to come into the area. But Leota stole in and basically put it into an empty net. Chioria Kada then had an opportunity to make it 2-0. Uh, she actually found the back of the net after her initial looping header came back off the post. But the referee's system... Uh, flagged for offside and it was actually an infringement on the goalkeeper which was the reason why that was disallowed um, and then into the second half it stayed relatively open Fremantle City had their chances to, to, to pull level Laura Waltman hit the bar early in the second period but then as Fremantle City were pushing numbers forward to try and level Olivia Wood broke down the right hand side and she scored what's going to look like a cross shot when you see it on the highlights but I'm going to give her full credit for the goal because I was calling it live at the time from where I was stood and she actually looked up and there was nobody in the penalty area so she actually I think executed it perfectly over the head of Danelle Cornish into the back of the net. 
she even says that she did so when we do the interview with her. So check out the interview on Facebook or Instagram and she'll tell us that, yeah, it was, it was her oh, goal. Oh, claim well. it. you got to claim it. And, and then as the game sort of wore on, Fremantle City pushed numbers forward. They had probably about half a dozen corners in the final three minutes, pushing ever so hard to try and get one back. They did get the goal that their endeavours throughout the afternoon warranted. But unfortunately for the home team, it was a little bit too little too late and it leaves them just that little bit off the post, uh, off the pace in the league. But on the evidence that we saw today, they're going to give Red Star potentially a real good crack uh, if the postseason does come around. And Emma, do the stats tell us that it was as close? Because I caught a lot of the second half and it looked like it became a massive transition game with Fremantle trying to play ahead and um, and Red Star almost trying to build up play and get um, Rene Liotta on the ball and try to like uh, make play from there. Yeah, like the stats actually came out very close, um, although I do think that there was some uh, large momentum swings during the course of the game. Mm. The first 25 minutes, I really thought Fremantle were on top, but couldn't quite capitalise. I think they got about seven shots in the first 20 minutes. Um, and as we know, if you can't capitalise, when you've got the momentum swing that comes back to bite you, and that's what happened. And unfortunately, I think, you know, uh, we struggled to get back into the game. But once that uh, goal was scored, we saw the momentum shift again and Fremantle really came at them in the last 10 minutes. So overall, the stats um, ended up pretty even, but it was sort of one team dominating than the other, a little bit flipping back and forth. And uh, I think the key difference um, that we saw in the stats was just uh, Red Star's ability to sneak the ball into the attacking 18-yard box and get more shots away, um, which is obviously pretty crucial to winning the game. But everything else, possession, 51 to 49%, you know, um, success rate in breaking the lines, 34 to 40. It was all pretty close. Um, other than that, that final shot. So I've got 24 shots to Red Star, which is immense against the opposition they're up against today. And further to what Emma was saying, you know, it was it was a real game of real swings. Like Fremantle had a period on top, Red Star had a period on top, and it sort of went back and forth throughout. And that kind of echoes your sentiments with the transition game a little bit, Kalichi, and that t- teams had their own different little periods of domination within the game. But as I say so often, both on the podcast and, and when we do these um, full-time whistles is that football's all about moments and when you have a team like Red Star who take half chances like Olivia Wood did today and when Renee Liotta was able to just sort of steal in and sort of make something out of nothing it makes all the difference in this league and and for all the Fremantle's hard work and, and efforts they just fell a little bit short in the decisive times of the game and it's not particularly a surprise really because defensively Red Star have only conceded seven goals this season Uh, Fremantle have actually scored three of those uh, with their late consolation today so they are a very tough nut to crack are the um, the visiting side today Um, and yeah it's 13 games unbeaten now and they're going to be mighty hard to catch from here what, what really stood out for me was just their level of organisation. And again, I, it, it sounds really boring, but everyone knows where to be. There was one time where Sarah, um, where Kim Carroll was playing out the back. She literally stood on the ball, pointed one way for one of the midfielders, and then all of a sudden this huge gaping hole opens up for another midfielder who's made the second run in, and boom, you're now playing it out. And it looked like there were so many instances when play was broken that they could do that and get away with it and start playing it out the pitch. Whereas Fremantle looked like they had almost like set plays playing out the back 
where that would work, where it would be uh, goalkeeper to, to centre-half, back to the goalkeeper, then the goalkeeper would play to the full-back. Or, full, or goalkeeper stretch to centre midfield, midfield takes one touch, plays that to full-back and you're playing out. And that works in those sit-play situations where it's, you know, we've kind of practised this in. But when it when the game kind of broke down, it looked like they had a really tough time building it up and kind of getting to the final third and then creating those shots and chances. And that's where I say, look, it became a massive transition game where I was like, all right, can we get Tasha Rigby on the ball moving forward? Can we get um, Jamie Lee Girl already playing a ball through so she can run onto? And and in, in a game like this where it becomes those moments as you're saying it's really hard to play that killer ball from 45 yards out and it's really easy to play that killer ball from 10 yards out where it's a 10 yard killer ball and then a 45 yard killer ball but the, 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 the skill that was on show today was, was terrific I love the intensity of the game it got a little bit feisty there <laughs> as well did it get feisty on the sideline where you were? Uh, a little bit you know both teams have a lot of skin in the game so it's a natural transition to happen um, I was just going to further to your point there, Kalichi, you know, um, Red Star, they're always very organised. They've got um, great physicality and they have that ball speed. They move it fast and they're strong on the ball. They're a triple threat. So you've got to meet them on all three of those levels if you're going to be in it. And I think we just didn't quite stream that together for the whole 90 minutes today from Fremantle. That noise that you can hear in the background is the players uh, entering the club rooms for their post-match meal. Um, in terms of in terms of Red Star today, I thought Andy Texera was phenomenal at the back next to, to next to Tim Carroll. Um, what an awesome player to learn off in terms of your defensive craft. Um, I, I asked Andy about that in the interview as well in terms of what it's like to be learning off Kim and Sarah Carroll and also Bronwyn Studman and these players with so much experience at, at A-League's level and, and how much of a luxury that is for these young players. And and in terms of the transition, I thought Olivia Wood was fantastic as well. She, she was the player um, with with perhaps Raina Kagami not and Jay Coleman not really at their... The, the game didn't really suit them. It wasn't that they had, had bad performances. It was just the transitional nature of the game didn't really suit their abilities. And I thought Olivia Wood was the player who was really decisive on the flanks. And, and I thought Chioria Cade probably had her best game that I've seen of her in a Red Star shirt as well. Speaking of the transitional nature and just kind of touching on what you're saying, I thought Laura Waltman was terrific today as well, but at the same time, the game can almost like, as terrific as she was, the game almost kind of passed it by because it was fullback, striker, fullback, striker, striker, winger, and you're going, hey, you've got one of the best dribbling players in the league here, and the ball is bypassing her, and by the time she's caught up, to the play it's now going the other way and so you did have a couple moments where she did do her Macy dribbles and got into nice decent positions but you've got to get her on the ball a, a whole lot more because she is absolutely class and I think I think to a certain extent Red Star did a really good job having that little triangle between Coleman um, and Carroll just being being around her as well well I thought Sarah Carroll actually did a really good man marking job I don't know if that was something you spotted Emma, Emma and, and in terms of the statistics in the way in which Fremantle City were directing their attacks as the game wore on because I think Fremantle may have clocked on that Sarah Carroll was marshalling Laura Waltman pretty well in the centre of the park and as a result a lot of those attacks were starting to go down the flanks through the likes of Rigby, through the likes of um, Sophie Osborne as well actually who got forward from left back who I thought had a really good she's game as great. well. She's a so, really underrated um, player, she's I, brilliant. Yeah. I, I don't know what your heat maps that you've got Emma say about the, the sort of direction to which the game was played out but that was from the commentary position what, what I observed in terms of Sarah Carroll doing that good marshalling job on Waltman and the, the passages having to 
change this sort of form elsewhere. Yeah, definitely. One of the things that we talked about at halftime was that the heat maps were showing that when we were trying to build it out from the back and going too directly through the centre channels, we were losing the ball 75% of the time. So Jeez. we were, yeah, yeah, so not even a 50 50. Um, so obviously we had to work around that. Um, and I, maybe, uh, yeah, Laura Waltman's an amazing player, but then Reds have amazing centre mids as well. So maybe it was um, just a matter we were both trying to avoid the other team's best players. And so it ended up being a game for the Thanks. Who was uh, you, you see a lot of this Fremantle City team, Emma, having sort of been a, be, being around them each and each and every week. Um, who, who are the sort of players that you feel have taken real giant steps and strides in terms of their performances over the the past month or so? Yeah, look, um, as I was saying before, Sophie Osborne on the, on the wing back there, she's very strong and she goes under the radar quite a bit, um, but she's so reliable against even the toughest of opposition. Uh, uh, Jamie Lee Gale's been so good, you know. Um, she and Tash Rigby just work off each other very well. Um, and also, I think Annabelle Leake in the centre-back is quite underrated as well. She's so solid for us. Um, today, particularly, though, I thought uh, Catherine Adams had a great game in the air. She was cutting everything out. Sometimes she's a little bit hesitant still, um, but today she was really controlling her area and clearing it out. So I was very impressed with her. Who was the midfielder that came on in the second half? I think she played for Curtin last year. Nina Borman came on oh, for... Borman, um, yeah. She came on for Mo Spatterfor and Karis Hawkins went out of midfield to full back. Yeah, we were just a little bit concerned with Janice Kiamas um, being on that yellow card too and it being quite a physical game. We didn't want yeah, to absolutely. lose her. So um, we, were, we made a couple of changes and, and got Karis back into a, a full back even though she was playing brilliantly in the centre. She center. was playing yeah. really well at centre half as well. Yeah, it was just where we had the um, the resources, I guess, as to because Nina's a very, very capable uh, defensive mid, so we could bring her in. She and, got around and get so well, did such a good job, and she was also getting in the box and winning quite a few um, headers and set pieces as well. I just want to do say a word. Like I can't talk enough about how highly I rate Karis Hawkins, just, just historically as well, just and, and also as a person, just a terrific, terrific person. So getting to see her in the flesh for the first time in I don't know ten Fanboy years <laughs> is I was ab- I was honestly I was I, I, you can put her anywhere I'll tell you, she's I'll tell amazing you right everywhere now. I watch this league and Tommy can Tommy can attest to it the amount of times where I'm making audible noises because I'm just impressed about like <laughs> the ball coming down the pitch and, and people playing amazing passes and great touches I, I fanboy over all of the players. It's it's you, you are though, uh, and you are though the number one paid up member of oh. the Karis Hawkins fan club, without a shadow of a doubt, Kalichi. And it's also like there's a little bit of shithousery in there as well. So I'm I'm a I'm in the Karis Hawkins fanboy club. I'm in the Annie Tashira is just the coolest person in the world. Like fanboy, I've I've got stocks on all of these players. Don't have any stocks on the team, so don't come and call me biased. But I've got plenty of stocks on all the players. I think it's just worth mentioning again that. The, the quality of the players on show today was, was outstanding. It was a terrific advertisement for the local women's game here in, in WA. There's some really quality two te- quality teams, and you can see why these two teams are at the top of the league. Um, you've got sort of Perth and, and Balcatta below the NTC. We know they're a match for anybody on the day with a brand of football they're playing, and Mum FC are an up-and-coming young team as well. So I, I know there are some d- detractors um, and some... Screw some, the distractors. And, no, 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 but... <laughs> There are there are some detractors and some and some people who maybe aren't as high as as the women's game. But my message to them would be come. 
come down and watch a game like this when the top two are in action like they were today and you'll see a fantastic game of football open end to end chances at both ends and yeah it's a terrific time for the women's game here you'll actually see football like you'll actually see football you'll see like I cannot tell you enough like how cool it was seeing Fremantle build up and be like oh these are set plays these are like things that they have practiced and gone we'll go here we'll go here we'll go here we'll play it out and all of a sudden our fullback is literally 30 yards of, of space running down the line that never happens like and I again Play Sunday League, watch State League, watch MPL men's, and I'm telling you, the plays that they've got here, it's the same thing that we praise Olympic Kingsway for when their two centre halves are playing their passes. It's the exact same thing, and it's done at such a cool pace. It's terrific. So if you are a detractor, why are you listening to us? But also, <laughs> come in down and watch because it's terrific. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Um, going on, we have another score, which was Belcatta 1, Perth SC 4. We don't know who scored the goals, but geez, Perth SC on a really good run of form right now, aren't they, Tommy? They are. I think that's four wins in a row now for the Azuri, and I was praising them in my podcast during the week because I think they've managed this situation really well. They've got so many players out with injury. Uh, Abby Meekins, I saw her with a cast on her arm um, at last weekend when I was doing the game at Rosalie Park. Alyssa Van Herks been away with injury. Gemma Crane and uh, Ellie Lamont have been out throughout the year with, with injuries. And Monique Goddings um, also away on holiday, I understand. So Pete, Pete Rakic has been missing some serious artillery. So for them to come through this period um, on, I think, a seven-game unbeaten run now should be something that's really worth praising from their perspective. Um, the big tests for them are going to be in the next two weeks, though. They've got Fremantle City down here next week in, in what's actually the Pride game, um, which Emma might be able to tell us a little bit more more about, given it is something that's um, been driven by Fremantle City, I think. Um, and then the week after, Perth have got Red Star. So they've got the top two teams in the next two weeks. Um, but, yeah, that's a big result for them because it, I think it actually puts them second after the results today and puts them five points behind Red Star. So... They've got a lot of work to do if they do want to win the title, but they've pretty much cemented their top four place now, I think. Yeah, I think Perth has done extremely well considering what they've had to um, deal with this year. And, they're, you know, some of the players like Ella Lincoln, Jess Flannery have just really stepped up and provided that attacking threat. Um, you know, when you haven't had Gemma and Ellie sort of being fit for, for too long of it. Um, and also, you know... Um, the, the Pride Round, yeah, that's the other thing you asked me about. Yeah. Uh, look, to be honest, I don't know too much about it um, because I'm heading over east and to New Zealand for the Women's World Cup, so I'm not going to be here. Um, but God's you know, great country. <laughs> but I can say that you know we've really, since joining Fremantle at the start of the year, I've really been impressed with their holistic approach to player development and support, and I'm seeing that on and off the pitch all the time. So um, we've got actually a lot of other um, initiatives that we'd like to move forward with, um, but the Pride Round is something that. That's very close to all of our hearts and um, you know we really wanted to show that support out there. It's fantastic and I've seen some pictures on social media of the jerseys which I assume the girls are going to be playing in next weekend and they look absolutely fantastic so yeah looking forward to seeing them on the weekend as well. I'm not sure if Perth are doing anything. I know they had a, a, a special pink kit a couple of years ago for a, a um, I think it might have been a breast, a breast cancer awareness round um, that they'd sort of initiated so we'll wait to see what their jersey looks like but um, um, yeah, it's fantastic to see. Um, but just back on that Balcatta Perth game, that's uh, a, a not a great result for Balcatta. It looked as though they'd had some 
signs of improvement and that with some of their players like Baxter Thew obviously coming into the team, Kim McCartney going back into midfield and and, and the likes of Tia Stonehill and Monique Prinsloo finding form that they were going to make a real bolt for this top four. But it'll be interesting to see whether this result maybe just sets them back a little bit, Emma. And next week they've got the returning NTC. So that's going to be a massive game in the race for the top four. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, Balcato, I know they had a big win against Mum FC, but I understand that a lot of that team was battling illness at the time. And I was at the, watching the game, actually, and you could just tell from the start that they weren't quite themselves. I um, mean, all credit to Balcato, they played very well. But then they've come off playing Curtin, I think, last week and um, maybe just had it a little bit too easy the last couple of rounds and weren't quite ready for the Perth Challenge. Well, look, um, we tried to look at streamer to figure out what the score of the Subiaco Mum FC game was, but it uh, wasn't working for me. So any chance we can get a quick check on the score? We'll see what we can do. Um, worth mentioning as well, just to sort of round out round 15 of the MPLWA Women's Competition. So six weeks to go after this game. Um, there was po- one postponed match. Uh, so Hyundai NTC's game with Curtin University um, didn't go ahead, obviously, with NTC away for the second week of their NTC Challenge duties over East. Um, they're back next week, as I mentioned before, with that big game against Balcatter at E&D Leader Stadium. Um, but it's going to be interesting because NTC have got a couple of games to make up now on the um, others in terms of the race for that top four and that's going to be a fascinating race as well Emma I know that we've spoken about the title picture a little bit and how Red Star have broken away but how are you seeing that sort of push for the top four because on their day NTC Balcada and Murdoch University Melville are capable of playing some fantastic football that can trouble any of the top three teams that have broken away is it simply about who's going to be the most consistent in the last six games as to who's going to get there Oh, look, you know, you've got to, you've got to back Red Star at this point. They just t- uh, seem to find a way to win, you know, regardless of the opposition and, uh, and things that might not be going their way. Um, but, yeah, absolutely, I think there's teams out there that can take points off them. Um, I do think the top four um, at the moment, it's going to be difficult for anyone to break through uh, Red Star, uh, Fremantle, Perth and NTC, I think, are in the box seat. Um, the others, you know, we've got some strong sides there with with Mum FC and Balcatter in particular, but they just don't seem to have been able to string together enough wins um, consistently, and it's, they're getting really tough now. So I think it's going to be a really big battle. Um, perhaps difficult to catch Red Star unless they drop some points, but unfortunately it doesn't seem to happen too often. But I do think we're setting ourselves up for a really, really incredible uh, top four cup at the end of the season. And Emma's a magician because while she was talking, she was also able to get the uh, the latest score from the Subiaco Mum FC game up on her phone. And the live score, um, we'll timestamp this, it's two minutes into added time in, in the second half and Subiaco are leading by two goals to one. So a little bit of a surprise result, I suppose, after we saw Murdoch University Melville beat Fremantle City by a goal to nil in the cup midweek. Um, but this is going to be a disappointing one, I think, for Greg Farrell, uh, sorry, for David Biancuzzo team because having gotten through to that cup final and putting them and giving themselves that belief that they can go and beat any of the top teams in a the league they, they fall into a team who they think on paper they probably should be beating yeah 100% but two things there one that's classic football like you've just had this huge high where you've come up you've played 
a terrific game and gotten a result. So it's really hard to get yourself up for it again the very next week. But also, uh, yeah, with, with the young team as well. Also, yeah, exactly. Three games in a week. And I was thinking about the exact same thing from a Fremantle perspective yeah. is it's three games in a week. It's tough. And, and to for Frio, three big games, three too. big games as well from, from a Frio perspective. So it's completely it's completely understandable to be like, ah, oh, it's an absolute letdown spot for for Mum. But let's give Subi some credit because last week didn't necessarily look like the, the Subi that we've been used to seeing. As I said on the pods the last few weeks, they've been in all these games. They've been in all of these games and they've either found a way to lose or something different's happened or something weird's happened. And as I'm saying this, they might concede to make it 2-2. Two, two. Oh, they have. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, Greg, I'm sorry, mate. Greg, I'm sorry. They've just found a way. Oh, good God. Oh, that's brutal. You can't script this, can you? I think that's the first time that we've had some live reaction on the podcast that has had some truly sort of meaningful connotations in terms of the, the results and the race for the top four. We've we've sometimes hit the odd late goal, which has been the third in a 3-1 win that sealed the game, but Kalichi's well and truly put the moz on Subiaco there at the very late stages of the game. But look... Uh, again, Mom FC are still likely. That's at right. This stage it's my to... fault, Tommy. I've put them. I've put the mockers on this team, who's consistently been in games and found a way to to not pick up points. My fault. I mean, as things stand, and again, this Snatching could very, defeat this could very, this, of victory. This is a very fluid situation, which could change. But Mom FC are still going to drop two points, so they're going to be disappointed. But only time will tell as to how important that point could be when the season's all chopped up well and surely. I don't know if we should stop the podcast now. No, we got Mariana Devane setting up for a uh, free kick. (laughs) All right, we're going to have to just play this out and hope this goes either A in the back of the goalkeeper's given her the entire front post. Look at this. She's saying, Maz, just put it from from post. There, she went for front post. Oh, right into the wall. I'm hoping to see a dog on the pitch right now, Tommy, as well. This is making. I would just for, complete things. Yeah, this is making for awful <laughs> podcasting. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen who are listening, but we just need this game to be complete because this, this is how. Just to give you an insight, this is just how weird the narrative can completely become. Because yeah. I'm what you're watching a game and you're like, let's give Subiaco credit, and now it could be a draw, and now the entire narrative changes to be like, oh, oh. They've won it. Let's give Subi the credit again. (laughs) Alhamdulillah. Forget everything we said in the last three minutes. (laughs) And and the mockers have come back off of Subi. He can sleep tonight again. (laughs) Unbelievable. 96 minute winner. So having conceded in the 94. Should we we wrap this up before we do even more damage to either team? Kalichi's in hysterics. Emma can't watch what's happening. This has turned into an absolute shambles. I'm going to call it now. We're going to sign off from Hilton Park this afternoon while Kalichi regains his composure. Or are we going to keep on? Oh, yes, yes. That's full time. We're We're going to officially wrap up the podcast. Kalichi's gone off for a walk to try and compose himself. Emma, thank you for joining us this afternoon. My Been pleasure. a great game of football. Uh, full-time here at Hilton Park, Perth Red Star, top of the league after a 2-1 win over Fremantle City. Good night from myself, Emma, and Kalichi.